Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Are you going to play that dastardly intro again? Ow! This movie's still fine. There's a You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Welcome to the Worst Idea of All Time podcast, episode number 53, live in beautiful Christchurch. Ototahi! Hey! So give yourselves a round of applause. Truly the jewel of the South Pacific. I won't hear a bad word said about this fine town. And it's, a, it's, a, it's great to be back. Thank you all so much for coming out. Please give a round of applause to the Dark Room for, for hosting yeah, us. Yeah, what a wonderful venue. It's, this place is beautiful. I love yeah, it. It's really living up to its name, isn't accurate. it? Accurate, yeah, in its description. It is very dark. It's yeah. kind of cool. It's how you want to perform to a live room. You want a lot of lights on you, completely blinding you, and you want to be oblivious to how many people are there unless you nail a real nice little joke. Yeah. And then you get a little pitter-patter of laughter to remind you you're not alone. I like an explosive, me, me personally, I like an explosive burst of laughter, but I guess, you know, we're different like that, you and I, Tim. We're chalk not, and cheese, they say. Yeah, we are like chalk us. and cheese. It's a miracle we've made it this far. Now, just out of curiosity, I will ask a, a question of the room. I'd like you to respond by cheering. Who here is a fan and has listened to the worst idea of all time podcast before? Make some noise. <laughs> Very Liars! Uh, no, no, those are honest people. I, I would not. So. I would. I would never deign to call any of our audience a liar. Tim. I, I think people just like to cheer. And those of you who are not familiar with the podcast but are familiar with our personalities, who here has not listened to the worst city of all time? Make some noise! <laughs> That's great. It's going to be. You know, we're going to. It was neither from you, wasn't it? There's, there's a lot of neither. What? In the are you, what are you doing here? On recommendation. No. The Ventrague log. Look, we got their 20 bucks anyway, so yeah, let's not yeah. dwell on it. Look, you're, you're all the same to us. <laughs> no, no, no. Look, it's wonderful to be here. And uh, really, the spiritual birthplace of the podcast in many ways, because uh, not everyone knows this, but both Guy and I, this is our hometown. Yeah. Yeah. Christchurch is where it all began. We were both born and raised here. It's certainly not where we met. No. no. <laughs> you say that with a certain amount of venom in your voice. <laughs> No, that's just sure what that's about. Well, no, we, we met in Auckland. Huh? Yes, we did. So. On neutral territory. Yeah. Someone else's stomping ground. And we forged a relationship uh, of animosity, ire, conflict, and humor. Yeah. And goodwill. This is true. This is the, you, what you are getting, for those of you who, about half the audience, you haven't heard the podcast, you are getting the gripping backstory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I really feel your energy. I feel like you are along for the ride, which is good. It bodes well. So just to give you an overview on what's happened, Tim and I have just finished watching the movie We Are Your Friends for the 53rd time. And well, that, 53rd this year. Yeah, well, I mean, we've, well, we've gone over it. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so what that means is, you know, you can imagine, you've probably seen a movie more than once before, sir. Have you ever seen a movie 53 times? No. It would be an odd thing to do, wouldn't it? But that's exactly what we've done, and we are documenting the experience for future reference, you know. And thus concludes the audience interaction portion of the evening. So um, I'll tell you what, this viewing, just to paint a little picture for everyone, uh, we were in 
this venue and there was a lot of sound checks going well, on. Well, yeah, there was. And it created quite an interesting uh, sort of dimension to the watch this week because whilst we had all-encompassing headphones on, watching Johnny Depp, Jarhead, Squirrel and Zakoli do his thing yeah, yeah. one more yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. were surrounded by an audio, a cacophony, I would call it, a cacophony of rock. Yeah, but cacophony doesn't do it justice because these are bands who rock are warming cophony. up. Rock cacophony. Rock is pretty good. It wasn't, you know, they were, it was, they were playing in time. These are professional musicians. They knew what they were doing. Yeah, they were good. And uh, they, they're doing that because they're playing a show here after we finished doing comedy. This is merely a warm-up for the dark room this evening. So we were surrounded by a wall of rock yeah. while we were watching four fuckboys swimming around an EDM. And it, it kind of reminded me of, like, how music movies can be good. For example, there's a movie which I'm very the fond of. The School of Rock, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> no doubt. Nah, it's called Detroit Rock City. And I think part of the reason I like it is because you know how sometimes if you see a movie by accident, the context very much colours if you like it or not. You know, if you fall over an average movie that you're not supposed to be watching and it doesn't suck, you're like, this is good. You're a lot more charitable yeah, to the film. Yeah, yeah. So I got home from a party when I was like, I think I was still living at home, so I must have been 18 max. And I, was, I got home at about one in the morning and I flicked the tally on and this movie was on called Detroit Rock City. Yeah. And it's kind of, in a lot of ways, similar to this movie, but it's good. It's about four young men, three or four, four, I think, young men who are trying to go to a Kiss concert. And it was made in like the early 2000s, but it's set, I think, in the early 80s. And it's fucking awesome. It doesn't sound, it sounds flimsy too. No, it's really, really good. So the movie takes you through like, They've first got to escape their high school, so there's kind of a heist, almost Ocean's Eleven-esque element to it at the start where they have to trick this uh, caretaker who, who wants to trap all the kids in the school. They call him Alvis because he's got uh, pork chops. Is that what they're called? The sideburns. Lamb chops. Lamb chops, yeah. yeah. Whatever. He's a mean guy and they know it, so they're trying to trick him, bamboozle why, him. So why out. would the caretaker... You know, give two hoots if the children are playing hooky. He, the caretaker's job is to tend to the grounds. Yeah, it's weird. He doesn't have enough Surely to do, obviously. A deputy principal, now that's someone you've got to watch out for if you're playing hooky, but a caretaker, you could rub it in their face. You go, hey, you dumb fucking caretaker, I'm leaving. So they get caught and they get dragged back to the school and there is a principal involved. And Whoa, they, oh, no, no, oh, yeah, now yeah, we're yeah. cooking, right? Oh, big time. Now we've got a plot going. Okay. So first they go to a radio station. Uh, no, wait. First they ring a radio station because they haven't actually got the Kiss tickets because Jam was supposed to buy them, but Jam's mum is highly religious and conservative. And you like, saw this movie 12 years ago, Drunk. I've seen it since, but only once since then, I think. But it stuck with me. It's a good yeah, film. Yeah, I can see. So, so Jeremiah is his real name. So Jam, Jam's mum stops him from going and getting these Kiss tickets because she thinks that Kiss stands for Knights in Satan's Service. It, oh, it no, isn't, though. No, what does it stand for? It actually stands for... I don't think it stands for anything. No, it stands for kissing. The practice of kissing. This is shorthand for it. Yeah, and for, I think we all know what a kiss is. We'll show you now, do one. <laughs> a kiss is an exchange between two people. One person giving, the other receiving a gift, if you will. Always a gift. A kiss is always a gift. So, there they are. And Young by the men. way, the rock band Kiss, they are, they are not known for kissing one another. They're known for their glamorous outfits and sort of loud, you know. They, they, Long tongues. It's not a soft core porn sh show. This is a, a, a rock this is a proper movie of the highest order. So the boys, they, they, they can't get the tickets the way they thought they were going to. First barrier. So then a radio station is playing, giving away, wouldn't you know it, four tickets four to tickets kiss. Four tickets to kiss. That's perfect it. for our protagonists, of whom there are four. So then they ring up, and the radio station gives them a question. I can't remember what it is. And the stupid one of the group rings up and fucking nails it. He aces oh, it. Hi. Wins the four tickets, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so great. then they, they, they get out of high school, and they race to the radio station to get the tickets. But it turns out he hung up before he could give his name. So they had to give it to the next caller. No. In his excitement, he just hung up the no, phone. So no. they don't have the kiss tickets anymore. So anyway, look, it's a rollicking ride, and I highly recommend it to everyone. So oh, and Melanie Linsky's in it. That's great. She plays Beth, because Kiss have a song called Beth. So they named the, the like romantic interest in the movie Beth. 
See, what Tim has just done is, is about a five-minute detour to avoid talking about We Are Your Friends for the 53rd time. And with good reason, too. I did not enjoy that watch this week. Well, I, what I did enjoy, I turned you halfway through, because we were watching... Zaccoli, he says he wants to be a DJ. That is his pursuit in this movie. That is his dream, to be a very successful EDM DJ. But he, he, he does not do, he does, he's not disciplined in his work. He doesn't, no. go, he doesn't put his head down and his tail up and go about his business the way he should. No. He kind of chances his arm on moxie and lucky breaks. And so we're watching this guy just fumble his way through Los Angeles with no real... He's a real no-hoper. He's, he's handsome as all shit, isn't he? I mean... God, he's good looking, isn't he? He's a dish. But the guy can't put together a song. We're watching this movie take place while we hear bands playing real instruments. You know, the real grind, the real hustle. And I'm thinking, this movie has not captured the essence of pursuing a career in the music industry at all. No, no. It's just, they've just framed up several good shots of Zaccoli and Somali, Mm. who's his love interest, who is played by, for those of you who do not know the movie, uh, the lady from the Blurred Lines video. Emily Radijkowski is her name. I, I imagine that's almost exactly how they cast her. They said that one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, MTV was on in the background while they were in the casting. I was like, I don't know, her. Yeah, like, Sh- fine, sure. And she, do. she said yes. Yeah, she was just a model, and of course, we all know all models. What they really want is to be actors. And then someone changed the channel on the TV to uh, classic American movies channel that exists. Yeah, yeah, and American Beauty was on there, and they were like. I don't know, him? And that's Wes Bentley, everyone, who plays the guy with the plastic bag from American Beauty. He's in the movie. In fact, you know what? There's a lot of confused faces out there. Maybe this is a wonderful opportunity at the 53rd watch to give a 60-second synopsis of the film. (laughs) Do you think you're up to the task? Yeah, I'm very smart. I'm going to give you, in 10 seconds, you're going to kick off. Okay, you ready? Yeah, yeah. Just get ready. I'll give you a countdown from three. You're waiting for your analog watch to get right at the 12. Three, two, one, go. Uh, we, we start with a man named Zac Efron, or as we call him, Zaccoli, trying to put together an electronic music song, but he's struggling. He's not doing so good. And that night he's playing a concert at a club in Los Angeles, and he goes to the concert. He doesn't play his own music. He mixes other people's music like a DJ, and he goes with three friends, and several of them pair off, and they have reckless sexual intercourse with strangers, and one of them doesn't, and he's pretty upset about it. And then they go there. They all promote at the club, and they 30. all... The next day, they, 30 seconds, they all meet up, and they're like, this is not a satisfying life. So they go and work for a real tour, and they make a lot of money, but it's, that's also not fulfilling. And they give their best friend Squirrel too many drugs at a party, and he dies. And then Zaccoli tapes together a bunch of recordings of Squirrel talking, and he makes it a song, and he plays it as a big music festival. And everyone at the music festival is like, that's not a song, that's exploitation. Five seconds. You got money to burn. I don't need it, man. I did but it. But you missed out a pretty central thread of the film as well, which is that uh, Zac Efron's character, Zaccoli the Crying DJ, forms a love triangle with the oh, PA yeah. slash partner of the DJ, which is his mentor. Yeah. It's all very complicated, you guys. You wouldn't understand it until you've watched it several dozen times, as we have. And even then, you'd understand it maybe for a two-week window, and then you'd go back to not understanding it because yeah. it's not normal to expose yourself to this amount of one movie, particularly one you don't enjoy. Mm. And gee, there's, uh, I, I know we talked about this recently, but no one in the room listens to the podcast, so it's fine. But that method of art called, I think it's like pointism or something, where you paint. Does anyone, anyone an art history person or a... Think- I don't think pointism exists as an art Is that form. not a thing? Yeah, painting little dots yeah, at a... And it makes a bigger picture. So if you get too close to it, you lose all perspective. You don't know what the fuck you're looking at. But mm. if you take a few steps backwards and you, you look at it wholly, it's like, oh, it's a, a thing. It was you a, know? Yeah, it was a picture of a face. It yeah. wasn't just a lot of little dots. Yeah, exactly. You get it. Yeah. The ignorant would walk up to the artwork and they go, yeah, oh, this is just a series of small dots. Anyone could do that. But the art critic would take a step back and say, why, that is a picture of the face of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Nine out of ten. Yeah. That's what art critics do. Yeah. I don't know if you guys... No. What? Yeah. JC, nine out of ten. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know a lot about the art world, but what we make is art, so we do. And uh, rest assured, everything is ranked out of ten. Why don't paintings get ranked out of ten? They do. Do they? Have you been to the Guggenheim? Certainly not. Next to every painting in the exhibition is a ranking. In fact, you know what? I think they should even... Because if there's one thing I know about the modern age, Guy Montgomery, it's that it's bloody lightning fast. Oh, isn't it? Everything moves you know, like this. 
Everything's moving at the speed of light these days. We've got no attention span. We've got no time. We've got too much to do. Yeah. I don't even want to get a rank out of 10 for a painting. It's got to be a thumbs up or down, surely. That's all you want. Go to the Netflix model. Yeah. Is it good or bad? Tell me. I tell you one thing. I want to go to the Guggenheim. (laughs) I want to see beautiful historic works of art and I want someone to tell me if it's, is, is it good or is it bad the issue here in this anecdote is you don't even want to go to the Guggenheim for the art you want to go for the ranking system no well look if, so, if, I, if I see a review for the Guggenheim and someone's gone thumbs up then I'll go they do that on TripAdvisor Any- well but then you've got to ask the question did TripAdvisor get a thumbs up itself or a thumbs down I don't know no, there's no one regulating TripAdvisor <laughs> those motherfuckers are running riot shit I will say this though, so the Guggenheim did implement this out of 10 ranking system and there's a lot of pushback from the artists because they found it demeans their work. You can imagine being an artist and finishing a painting and the Guggenheim say, we want it in our gallery and you go, the Guggenheim, holy holy mackerel, that's one of the biggest museums in the world, I give you my painting. I've and made then, it. Yeah, and then you go there to your big opening and you look at it and next to it's a big ranking, one out of 10 and you're like... Well, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> I'd sooner not have the work in the Guggenheim than be publicly shamed here. But you know what? If you're not prepared to do that, you shouldn't be painting in the first place. If you're not willing to get a one out of ten, then you're not a real artist. You know? Yeah. Or a thumbs up or down. Yeah, which more seems to. Yeah, yeah. I'm very fond of that. You're very fond system. of that. Really I'd, li- I'd like to, my wagon uh, to that. sprinkle some context on tonight's proceedings. This is I, I, I say this. Uh, as to mention, I, I did grow up here, and last night, some in this of my, very club, in this yeah, in the well, he was born in the corner and nursed in the that's other right. corner, and he learnt math at the bar. Yeah, it's true. Pouring pitchers of beer. Unfortunately, guy learnt the imperial system, which was no good to him in modern New Zealand times because I know. we had flicked over to metric. But it was all pints and shillings, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, there was threepence and half crowns. There you was know? There, everything, nightmare. You, everything you have articulated is is very real to me. It's made you a very good drug dealer, which is a career you never pursued. Wow, well, I can't deal drugs in New Zealand because of the fucking metric system. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a. We're really at odds here. <laughs> I got pockets Rick, full of drugs and no cash. I got no idea what the value on this stuff is. We are. How are we a country simultaneously so fond of weed? And yet we don't we don't we deal exclusively in like ounces. No, we and don't. And contrary to everything else, yeah. If you buy, if one was to buy weed hypothetically yeah, yeah, in yeah. this country, one would not buy in grams. No, for, yeah, weed, for what, other stuff maybe. One, but not for w- weed. one would not buy weed at all, for it is illegal. The illegal drug weed should not be bought no, no, or sold. Not until it is, of course, legal. But aside from being raised in this very building, and of course my my hard upbringing on the streets. Well, I was exposed to nothing but the imperial system and rock music. I got along well with my parents, and uh, and and they they're very curious in the fact that we pursue comedy. My dad specifically is a huge fan of Tim Bat. In fact, those of you who listen to the podcast remember my dad once called up on the friend zone and we had a conversation with him. He was a smash hit, beloved, <laughs> beloved by the audience. If there is one piece of universal feedback about the podcast so far, it has been more Stephen Montgomery. That's please. true. The, Crank that dial up to 11. The, the people go wild for Stephen. So when I said to him, I said, Dad, Tim and I, we're going to come. We're going to do a show in Christchurch, New Zealand, and we're going to perform the show in my birthplace at the Dark Room. And he said, why are you going back there? That place has got nothing but bad memories for us Montgomery's. I said, oh, I'm doing it anyway, Steve. And I said to him, he said, well, that's great. Obviously, your mother and I would love to come along. And so they bought two tickets. And then last night, some of his friends showed up. They, some pretty much last night, some <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll straighten up the story like this. I'll Please tell you stay. this. Look around the room. You will not see Stephen nor Charlotte Mo- Montgomery. You will see no hide nor hair of these people. And do you know what he specifically said to me today? He said, say, if I want to miss the podcast and just catch the stand-up, what time should I rock up? You know what we should do? What time did you tell him? I said, get here at 5 to 8 and you won't miss any of the... And do you know, he got this recommendation because his friends did the same thing last night in Wellington. They just showed up to see the stand-up and they relayed to him. I said, yeah, we got there for the last 20 minutes of the podcast, but we couldn't make heads nor tails of it. So I think you can miss that. Now, here's the thing. I, like, 20 bucks is not no money, but you're getting two stand-up comedians. And part of the payment is you have to be part of the live audience for the podcast bit. You can't just come for the set. You can't have dessert until you've had your greens. No, This well, is the greens. Actually, you, as an adult, you can. Oh, that's true. 
It's one of the it's f- a floor. one of the first things I did when I moved out of home. Nothing but ice cream. <laughs> Fruit Loops and ice cream. You got it, man. You're a madman with type 2 diabetes on the way. <laughs> now I reckon I you. got out at the right time. There was a time they released a goody goody gumdrops ice cream on a stick, like a Topsy. You guys all remember what a Topsy is? That's just vanilla ice cream with a thin chocolate coating outside of it. They did that with goody gumdrops. There was a time for about three weeks I would refuse to eat anything else. Three, Nothing but. Three or four a day I would <laughs> eat. <laughs> That's terrifying. I got real sick, Tim. Real sickly. Oh, bet yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. So oh, wait, how long was this period that you were eating nothing but was, very bad I, ice about cream? About three weeks as a nineteen-year-old. Fucking hell! Do you want to know what else we did then? What we what we would do is yeah. we'd create. I was in a flat for the first time. We'd create a huge amount of rubbish, and there was a tip outside where you could put it. But if you didn't want to put it on the tip, there was also a cupboard under the stairs where you oh, could put it. No. And we would take all of our bags of rubbish. And put it under the stairs until the end of the year when there were, f- you know, 50 bags of rubbish in there. Oh, no. And we all moved out except for our friend Jono, oh. who was the last one in. That's how you get vermin. Yeah, yeah, That's we where they well, come from. They, they, those are going to be the next tenants vermin. That's not our vermin. Did you get any rats that you know of in the house? No, a I lot of people of. look down on having rats in their house, but I see it as a bonus because it's sort of like a pet for free, you know? Yeah, they are. These guys are some fucking cool roommates to hang out. They call rats nature's vacuum cleaner. If you worry about (laughs) crumbs, just get a rat in there. You don't need to worry about crumbs anymore. They were the rats, the original romba. Yeah. (laughs) Is a romba a make of. That's the robot vacuum cleaner Uh, that goes around the thing. That's great. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I was pretty happy with that. We should start hawking rats, you and I. We'll rebrand rats. That'll be the whole thing of it, you know, because you can sell anything to anyone. I don't know if you know this guy, but for about the last 15 years, these fucking companies have been selling us tap water in a small bottle for like three bucks. (laughs) Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? You can sell anything to anyone with a rebrand. All you need is a plastic casing to put on a rat. Yeah. Now, do you know what I'm imagining now, which is weird? Where my mind went with that is a little plastic suit for the rat. So it's not like a box that you keep different. it in, but it's yeah, yeah that's you're, different. You're creating a show then. If you're putting a rat in a suit, that's you're not. What if you're going to get a rat to clean up with someone? The last thing you're going to do is put them in a suit. Put them in rags, surely. Well, I don't know. Maybe you have a show where you have like rags to riches rats. So you have some sort of tale where you know we meet them, we empathise with them. Or we sympathise for them if we don't, you know, come from humble beginnings ourselves. We see ourselves in the rat. The rat is in the rat race. It is up against it. It's 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 started small. It's got rags, right? Something happens. Lotto. And suddenly it's able to get tailored polymer suits, shiny as the day is long. And this is all this is all backstory to us trying to get people to buy rats as vacuum cleaners. Well, how long did that story take? Not long. No. But it got you on the hook, didn't it? Now you're interested to see these rats in their shiny, no. shiny plastic suits. When you suits. said rats were the original Roomba, yeah. that's when I was in. Oh, okay. We'll go with that one. All this but you didn't even know what a Roomba was. Yeah, but I was in. Oh, okay. It's called alliteration and it's a very powerful tool. Yeah. They use it in advertising all the time. Do you know that's what Mad Men was about? The whole series was about rebranding about rats. About alliteration. Oh, yeah, both those things. Finding R words so they could hock off rats you to an unsuspecting public. You, know, you can do alliteration with any consonant. So I say um, purple you people. You can do it with any vowel. No, no, no. That, my, why, my friend, that would be assonance. Oh, really? Yeah, I, my maths class at the bar, they were no good, but English in the back corner here was a fantastic time. Now, this, is, this will be interesting to no one, but valuable to me because I thought that assonance was another thing. No. Where something kind of sounded like it rhymed, but it didn't. It was like the middle bit of the word was the same, no, not that, the end. That's called almost rhyming. Ah, <laughs> that's rough yeah, gone wrong yeah. with that. And sibilance. Wait, sibilance. Sibilance is the language that snakes speak in. <laughs> No, that's parcel tongue. Sibilance <laughs> is uh, a repeated S sound. C, S. That is sibilance. You got it. It's nonsense, but it is also technically sibilance. Hold on, before you take a sip of that beer in victory, what is parcel tongue? Well, parcel tongue, of course, is the language that snakes oh, speak okay. to one another. We're not going to elaborate on that. Is no. that a real thing? Well, it's from Harry Potter. Oh, okay. Well, and I, I, read the, I read the first... Yeah, they made them into movies, Tim. 
I don't. I didn't like them. I saw the first couple. I was like, I get it. <laughs> Their kids, they fly around. Nah, I get it. Daniel There's Radcliffe guy. got hot. His name. He did. He got real hot. Yeah, he's gorgeous. He's a gorgeous young man. And then he got his dick out on stage because he wanted people to take him seriously. Oh, fuck you. That is so reductive. No, that's exactly... He is a proper theatrical actor. He is a thespian guy, man, Montgomery. I got my dick and out he, on stage. No one calls me an actor. They call me a public nuisance. It's because of how you did it. There was context. He did it within the context of a beautiful play, I assume. I don't know. <laughs> I did it in context. You did it in context of... Oh, look. We don't of need disrobing. To. Yeah. What more context do you need? Well, look, I don't want to dig into, into all of this nonsense about your penis being on stage. What I do want to talk about is We Are Your Friends, the movie that we just watched for the 53rd well, to, time. For fear of forgetting everything, I took notes. Oh, very good. And I'll speak to them now. Hey, well, before you do, should I give my shining light? Of course. So, my shine... Shining light uh, For you for fucking Luddites watches. Who don't know What the podcast is Yet are somehow In this room We wanted to protect Against the podcast Being just a wall to wall Hate fest So we have a segment Called the shining light Where we have one brief Moment of the film That permeated the negativity That we actually enjoyed This week For me It was a particular moment Where Fuck I think it's when They're at the Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Paul, maybe after Squirrel dies, and Johnny Depp has a furrowed brow... And it's going to some shots between Zakoli and Johnny Depp, and they look like anime characters. And then that was it. Because of their facial expressions. Yeah, it was just like the way their faces are, are put together in those shots. It was weird. It was, it was like there was less detail on their face, like they had really washed it out with lights or, or makeup or something. And you, you thought of it as sort of an anime battle, as opposed yeah. to boring back and forth between... Which makes sense, because uh, actually our friends, the Collie the Crying DJ, got cast in a subsequently cancelled uh, live-action version of a very famous anime film called Akira, or Akira, depending on where you're from. But then they never made it. I don't know why. It's Probably because people were very, very nervous about it. Yeah. Mainly because he's white. Yeah, of course. And it is a quintessentially that, Japanese it's film. It's called whitewashing. Yes. But Zach was like, don't worry, guys, I'll... <laughs> I'll, I'll do some shit to my face. You guys will think I'm Japanese. And he was like, no, Zach, you're missing the point entirely. You can't do that. Do you want to know my shining light? I'd love to Because I'll tell it, it to you. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's almost as niche as yours. Okay. So there's a great scene in the movie Everyone where Everyone gather around. Yeah, they already are. They're all in the same space. Good. Uh, hey, just out of curiosity, does anyone reckon this room's got AC? Or is it just kind of... Are you too warm? I feel like... No, it's more... I feel like it will be soon. Uh, man, don't introduce that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's terrible, isn't it? 
Uh, I, I will say, so this is a, so there's a great scene where it's Wes Bentley, the mentor DJ. He's uh, it's his birthday. It's his birthday, everybody, and he's and he comes home and he's drunk. He's been to dinner with his partner Somali, and she's not too happy because he's been drunk and he's a bit of a rude drunk. And uh, they're having a little tiz, and Zicoli's made himself at home. He's staying in the house. He's just mucking around. He goes there quite often to work on his music, which is garbage. And uh, they come in. And and not the good garbage with Shirley Manson, the bad garbage, like the one that was under the stairs at your flat. Exactly. <laughs> and that's an important distinction. And I, I, just to clarify, for anyone who was confused by my earlier anecdote about my first time flatting, we did not hold the band garbage hostage underneath our stairs. Although, Imagine if you did. being what it is, I wish we had. If you could hogtie Butch Vig and trap him down there, maybe he could bang out Do some... Do you know he, all of the members of Garbage by name? No. Okay, just two. Yeah. Fucking impressive anyway. I think he did... He produced a Nirvana album, I think. He'd be a good get to have hidden under your stairs, which ties into Harry Potter. Trifecta. <laughs> Barely. You have no... Combo no. breaker! No! No, that was I, not good. As I, as, I, as I point the microphone at the audience to milk the applause for the recording. Fuck me. That was... What are you guys applauding? He just tied together... Th- oh, come on, mate. Get okay. on with your shining light. You don't have to... Well, I would if you stopped getting applause breaks in the middle of my special moment. Yeah, I heard it. I heard it. You can't just say trifecta and think it makes sense. There's a scene, see, they come back, and as a reveal, it turns out that Somali, the partner, has baked a lovely blueberry birthday cake for Wes Bentley, whose birthday it is, and he opens it up, and she's like... It's in the fridge. Yeah, and and she goes, happy birthday, but in a way which is like, yeah, that's right, I'm nice, and you're a piece of shit. That's pretty much what she communicates with that happy birthday. Yeah. And uh, then he takes it, he's like, oh, baby, blueberry is my favorite, and he cuts a slice... And he goes to her, do you want some with blueberries on it? And he offers it to his partner who's baked this cake. And she's so furious. She's it's like, just in his hand. He's yeah. like, this is a wet cake. And he just cuts it, he puts it in his hand. And he goes, have some cake with blueberries on it. And she doesn't say anything. She just looks sort of like you are not making things better. And so he goes, okay. And just starts eating it out of his hand like a, the fucking animal he is. Oh, God. Oh, drink down. Here oh, we go. Yeah. I tell you what's right. crazy about that is what this is is a stage. And what it isn't is a table, my friend. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Are you going to get rid of it? Or are you just saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right on, man. I'd also love a beer. Thank you, Chris. Um, yeah, thanks. Two, two beers. Uh, Dos, so, por favor. It's a line from the movie. It's quite in the movie. Uh, but so <laughs> no, it isn't. He offers it to her. Yeah. Oh, he says one. You said two. Fuck! My shining light has a bite of the cake. He offers it to her. She doesn't say anything. He's like, okay, oh, he has a bite of it. He goes, it's so good. And then she leaves the room in, in fury. And he goes, you get your ass down here. And she shuts the bedroom door. And then he's like to Zakoli, his friend, he's like, oh, wow, is this power I redeem myself? And then he's like, I'm not going to do myself. And they're going to go to the strip club. And what he does, he's got half a handful of cake and he just throws it across his beautiful kitchen. Like a human trebuchet. Yeah, yeah. Turning a beautiful birthday cake into a projectile against the wall. Exactly. And my shining light is that you do not see where the cake lands, but whoever did sound design has put in a very heavy cake landing against a hard surface sound effect. Splatter. Just a real good splat. And uh, tip of the hat to that person on sound design. because yeah, for, for people unfamiliar with the podcast, this is a weird thing to dig into. But for people familiar with what we do, I mean, this is a great get. Oh, this, is a, this is a, a real good mining of the well. Yeah, you found a little nugget in there. It's huge. It's, it's, I've got to tell you this. It's very difficult mm. to balance an audience, half of whom know what you're talking about and half of whom don't. Uh, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> fuck who, though? All of them. Okay. I'd say we should fuck half of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. You decide. Use this choice. It's a very delicate turn of phrase. Some of the other notes I've made. Uh, Wes Bentley's character, he's the mentor DJ. He's called James Reed from The Feelers. And um, he gives out three life lessons. There are three times in this movie when they give his words great gravitas, as mm-hmm. though he has a handle on what's happening because he's the oldest character in the film. Of about, He's about 30. Which is, it's by the way, everybody... How about this? This is Tim's last day and possibly experience as a 29-year-old. He becomes 30 tomorrow. Holy mackerel. Happy birthday for Tim. Thank you, Guy. That's my pleasure. Thank you, Rome. I'm, I'm so glad you chose to spend it with me and not your loving fiancé. I'm going to wake up 
30 in your Thanks. parents' house with you by my side. And no, we get there is barely anything there. more depressing than that. No, he's just. Oh, the crowd didn't go for that. Look, we've got, it's okay. We've developed we've quite got a, an we've aggressive got a great friendship. Rapport. It's fine. Watch out, guys. There's like loose glasses down there when you walk past the stage. Uh, so anyway, it gives out three sort of life lessons in the movie. These are three yeah. life lessons with James Reed from The Feelers. How would you describe the lessons? As lessons for life. Okay, very good. Lessons that you could apply. If you're finding your life difficult and you need advice from an external force, I would recommend turning to Wes Bentley's character from the film We Are Your Friends. And he's got three great lessons for you. And I will now share them with you. And these moments are treated with great gravity in the film. Hit me. Life lesson number one. Mm. Never mix... He said, and he prefaces this by saying, this is the most important lesson you'll learn in your life. Never mix THC with tobacco. It fogs up the high. Yeah. So this is, and he, he, he says, this is the most important thing you will learn is don't roll spliffs, just roll straight weed, baby. Yeah. It's like the man's never been on the crumbs of what's left, you know? Oh, <laughs> that's the thing. He's not used to the so hustle. I, I can't relate to this highfalutin character. I try not to mix THC and tobacco, but when necessary, absolutely. I don't give a fuck if it fogs up the high. Bloody chuck some janola in there if yeah. you're out of substances, you know? Yeah. Anything do that'll get you Use whatever's on hand. So that's his first life lesson. I'll ne just stop you there, if I may, which I will. To say that that immediately uh, precedes one of my favourite bits of the movie. <laughs> you, you look terrifying no, right but, now. I you're mean, waiting I'm, with absolute intensity I'm, for what I'm about to deliver. I think you know what's happening. It's the line where he goes... Uh, uh, he goes Is there tobacco in that? Zicoli says Yeah it's a spliff He goes a spliff What are you French? Yeah. Zicoli says No I'm American <laughs> It's just the Incredible comic timing Of Zac Efron Is not something I anticipated To see in the movie On the first watch But the kids got chopped he has, he's, I mean he's a fantastic Comic foil in the film Bad Neighbours Which is a movie I actually quite enjoyed watching you guys know this movie? He, he lives in a fraternity. And he lives next door to a young couple. And obviously, you know, they, they have their differences. Mm. A young couple, they just want to raise a baby. But the boys at the frat, why, they just They've want to They've got get, other plans. Yeah, they want to get hog wild. They're chasing tail. So, the, yeah, and tail is not an animal. It's, uh, colloquialism. It's a hog. Yeah. Do but, hogs have tails? No, you guys. Hogs have... T a hog is a pig and a pig is a curly tail. This is known. Someone got upset by the notion that you said you can't chase a hog, but you can chase a hog. You can you chase can any farmyard animal. You can chase animal. anything. He's got four legs. Yeah. So the second life lesson that James Reed shares, and this one I think is almost as questionable as the first one, you don't know the meaning of the word irreparable until after you're 23. Somehow he communicates this sentiment in the movie as though it is of significance. Now, what are you, 23? You haven't even been alive long enough to... Know the oh, meaning to of comprehend. The, no, to, you, you've not even been you, alive long enough to know the meaning, meaning of, of the, the word, word irreparable. irreparable. Now, what he seems to not understand is that different people learn at different rates. There'll be a lot of sixteen-year-olds who probably know the meaning of the word irreparable. The way Guy I would, knew it at a terrifyingly young yeah, age yeah. because it was brought up in a bar. Yeah, I, I solve backwards. So irreparable <laughs> is to repair something. What is the opposite of that? It is to destroy it. So that's not how I figured it out. <laughs> that, that, that isn't even correct. Irreparable doesn't mean to fix something. It means that it is it's beyond repair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But what? The, but the opposite of repair... Right, is to break. Is to, yeah, break. Wait. But irreparable is the adjective. I mean, you're almost 30. You should, by all means, know the exact definition of this word. Yeah, I should. <laughs> anyway. anyway. The third and final life lesson that he shares, which sort of comes a little bit later, but on the back of... The idea that you do not understand certain words when you're younger is this. And, and this, this is going great. This is after he finds out that Zaccoli has fucked his girlfriend. Mm. And he asks the question with that exact... Can I just make a small request that you rephrase that? Yeah. He finds out that Zaccoli and his girlfriend have potentially had sex. We don't see it in the film. There's no hardcore scene where you actually see it happen. But it's pretty heavily suggested. They, yeah, okay. You happy? Yeah, I am. That's good. You get back in there, Paul. Have a lovely beer. You've earned it, man. Uh, is, he says, you're not even 
Because Zach feels bad because he's had sex with his mentor's partner and he's helped kill his friend by giving him too many drugs. Oh, yeah, we missed that in the synopsis. A guy died. Oh, no, you did put that in, sorry. A guy dies because he ODs at a house party they throw. The first night they're in the flat. How yeah. wild is that? They have a big house party. There's a lot I've of- got a house party tomorrow. I certainly hope there's no deaths. Yeah, well, what you. <laughs> Boy, will my face be red now? Probably won't release this episode. Yeah, if if you if you do wind up with a corpse on your hands at your house party tomorrow, yeah, I imagine releasing this episode will be the least of your worries. But that's almost a problem because I'll forget about I'll be so You'll be wound up for, with everything else I'll forget that this is on this episode and I'll just I'll, I'll fang it out there. You'll be looking for. I've got to get on with things. I got to get my mind off this death. <laughs> I'll get a podcast episode up, so I'll upload it and people will go, Tim, what the fuck, dude. Too soon. Especially now that we've talked about the way you'd process the death. Yeah. It would be super intense now. Oh, man. Surely you'd remember. Anyway. I am spinning out now. I feel like I've put a huge hex on the party tomorrow. Yeah, there will be the... uh, Only you and I will... How the fuck do you break a curse like that? Audience suggestions? Touch wood. (laughs) Easy. I'm on wood. Cool. Hopefully that'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Who was that, Sorry. PCP, no PCP no, at the party. I, look, I, I imagine the drug PCP would be a great way of ensuring at least a maiming, if not potentially a death at a house party. Do we do all three of the... No, no, I was going to say the third one. Very good. I can sense the anticipation from everyone in the yep. room. Particularly you. Oh, yeah, I'm chomping at the bit. Friend and ally. You know they say it's champing at the bit. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I obviously didn't know that. I learned that when I was eight. <laughs> Right over there in that very corner. Really? Is it a horse term? Uh, yeah, yeah. Horses put on bits, and when they're excited, they champ at them. They d- I thought it like, because you, you chomp, right, with your mouth. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. Some, someone, doc- they got it down wrong. That's fucked up. Anyway, the third life lesson imparted on him, after Zicoli says, I killed my friend, I fucked your girlfriend, I feel like I'm a real piece of work, he says to him, you're not even a real person until you're 27. And I would, I would say to, to, to James Reed from the Fields, I would say this. You go to a federal prison and you look at people who are in there who are under 27. Now, their actions have real consequences and accordingly, they're in a real prison. Yeah. So that is a flawed life lesson. You are not wrong. Yeah, you yeah. have found a critical flaw in this movie, Guy, and I congratulate you that on this 53rd watch, you've finally managed to nail them to the wall with something. Oh, we thought it was the perfect movie. Seamless yeah. it was. Absolutely without edge. Just a perfect spherical curved universe that the film had constructed. That's right. Every line, poetry. Every performance, award winning, preserving. But hidden in amongst the text. Yeah. An issue. That's right. And it took a while. A lot of people clocked out after 52 watches because that would be a whole year of weekly right, watches. Not us, no. But on the 53rd, my sneaky friend yeah, Guy Montgomery yeah. put his detective hat on. Suspiciously teal and made of a towel material. But for him, as good as Sherlock Holmes bowler. Yeah. And he said, I sense an issue with the following. Yeah. There are real people... Real people out there who aren't 27. Oh, well, I, this is the thing. This movie, I imagine the target demographic would have been a lot of people who are under, th- you know, 27. You've done the thinking. Yeah. and You've so done to, the calculating. So to get them all into the cinema and say, here's a movie for you, and by the way, none of you exist, it seems like a pretty sort of haphazard approach to movie. Hey, that's what The Matrix did. Worked out well for them. No, didn't have you seen the sequels? They're fucking atrocious. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, that first movie is very popular. I heard a theory about the second two that I can't remember if it was uh, which Wachowski it was back when they were Andy and Larry, but one of them got very involved in a high-profile New York City dominatrix in quite an intense relationship. I don't know if this is internet rumour or truth, truth be told. It doesn't matter. But apparently this woman had such a uh, uh, pervasive influence creatively on his whole life. One of the Wachowskis, can't remember which one it was, at the time, her now, obviously, yeah, yeah. but at the time, and uh, that they managed to kind of infiltrate the uh, the script writing process with the film and really? fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. So the the reason the two the second two Matrix films are bad is because of a dominatrix in New York. I think there's a lot of reasons, <laughs> but it sounds like the dominatrix didn't help. Yeah. 
which yeah. is crazy because at the time I'm sure the dominatrix would have been you know saying these are great ideas well as they say in New York you want an Oscar get a dominatrix that's exactly what they say they don't know shit about the Oscars hey we've got some business we haven't attended to which we need to and that business and it makes sense we're at a music venue yeah and there's a lot oh, of I'm looking at that drum kit so lustily you guys, what we're going to do is we're going to get a little sentimental. It's a regular segment of the podcast. It's got its own sting and it goes like this. Two. Wait, wait. Oh, we can actually do this musically. Can I get on the drum kit? There will never be another opportunity for yeah, me to yeah, do by this. Yeah, man, man. Whatever. You do are, what you, you... are you cool to stay on Vox? Yeah, yeah. I'll do the drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For what will be the most tremendous live sting we've man. ever done. You guys are really sticking it out right now. I respect the goddamn shit out of you for that. I mean, a band have carefully set this up to use it professionally after our, our comedy performance. I would say, no, don't hit, don't hit, don't hit it with a guitar. That's crazy talk. Two, three, four. Getting sentimental with James Reed. Hit a symbol at least. The worst we've ever done. Truly, without question. But do you know what I respect about you, Guy? I left you out there. Left you out there in the cold. I was mucking about at the back looking for sticks. And you were like, fuck this. Nah, yeah. I'm going to do it. Well, the show's got to get on the road, you know. You're not wrong. Uh, and so each... Stephen and Charlotte will be here soon. We've got to get on with yeah. not doing the podcast. We've got to have a good... Uh, we've got to put our best foot forward for Stephen and Charlotte. <laughs> uh, but so every week, the same movie unfolds, unsurprisingly, I guess, at this point. Exactly the same. And every week, James Reed from The Feelers, the mentor to Zicoli, gives him a gift in a MacBook Pro box. And what he says to him is this, I may have gotten a little sentimental. It's a self-serving gift, and he gives him a MacBook Pro box. We never see him open the box. We do not know what is actually contained within it. You know, the first thought would be probably a MacBook Pro. As it turns out, that is not the answer. And each week, we unpack this gift to figure out what exactly this self-serving sentimental gift is. I put it to you, Tim. What is inside the box this week? A rumba. Oh. What else? Uh, a rat. Oh, it's actually packed. This is a little bit gross. Go ahead. I'm sorry to do it in a live room, but I'm just describing what's in the box. Yeah, yeah I'm listening. You're familiar with the concept of packing peanuts? Oh, the, the, like the styrofoam. You got it. Yeah, yeah. They look like little knuckle bones, I've Don't always they? thought. So rats are being used to cushion the rumba while it travels in the box so what they, they, to packing peanuts. They've run out of packing peanuts. Correct, but they have a surplus of rats. Of live or dead? Well, they were alive when they went in the box, but I'll tell you what, they didn't do well when they, I gotta when, say, when they went to the destination. No matter how like, efficient and effective the rhomba vacuum cleaner is, if I was, mm. you know, if I went down to Noel Lemmings and bought one, yeah. I got home and I unpacked it, and yeah. it was surrounded by upwards of even one dead yeah, rat. Yeah. Any, anything more than zero is probably more than yeah, you want. Yeah, that'd be going straight back to the factory. I'd say, I think there's been uh, some right. sort of issue. But, well, yeah, if you had gone to uh, an outlet store, sure. But this was a gift. How do you return a gift? No, it's often you get a card or a receipt. Not always. Well, I mean, I guess I'd say to the person who gave me the gift, hey, I really appreciate the sentiment of you giving me a vacuum cleaner, even though I don't have my own house. So, you know, I, I thought the fact it was surrounded by several dead rats, pretty See, unnerving. I, this, is, this is why you and I are different, you know? And we, uh, recently, we were on a, a morning radio show doing something called the Man Panel, uh, which was a lot of fun. And they posited a question to Guy and I. They said, if you took a shit in a toilet and it clogged, would you tell the proprietor of the uh, premise? Guy said, absolutely. Of course. Of course. I said, probably not. You, you didn't say probably. You're like, no. Yeah, that's true. It's out of my body. That's not my well, problem. Actually, that's was, your, that's yeah. your policy on shit. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think that's a lot of people's policies. Like, fucking, it's gone now. I, d I did my part. I pressed the button. I think, you know, nine times out of ten, once the shit's out of your body, you are correct. That is no longer your problem. Yeah. But if it is a problem, you're saying the problem is still your problem. Well, not yeah. their problem. Exactly. So anyway, this rat pa packing peanut situation is a similar deal, right? Where if I got a gift that was a rhomba surrounded by dead rats, I don't think I'd tell the person. I'd just be like, thank you for the rhomba. 
So, but you, uh, they went, so you know, you've experienced opening a gift in front of a family member and it's a bad gift and you've had to pretend you love it. So All you would, too often. And the, and the sm- I mean, the smell presumably would be so great as that even the person who can't see what's inside the box would smell the dead rats. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, a vacuum cleaner. Perfect. Yeah, but a gift's a gift, you know? It was apropos of nothing. This wasn't his birthday. It wasn't Christmas. It wasn't Kwanzaa. It wasn't Passover. Nothing. It was just as it was just a sentimental it was just, gift. It was a sentimental gift. A moment between friends. Well, I guess we're, we're using the guy Zag sometimes. I would argue that most people in this room would alert, you know, the gift giver that their gift is covered in rats. Well, that's your prerogative. And isn't it good that we're not all robots responding in the same way? And isn't it really good that we're not all robots surrounded by dead rats all the time whenever we travel in our own MacBook Pro box, which I guess in this convoluted analogy would be our cars. Yeah, it's great. It's great that we don't have rats in cars. I agree. And isn't that, at the end of the day, you know, something to be grateful for? It's what this whole thing's been about, to be honest. An exploration of rats and vehicles. What are they doing together? How are they similar? How, How are, are they, they different? different? Oh my gosh. Sometimes we're different, but sometimes we're so in sync, we finish each other's sentences. Not on that sentence, which is usually when people do it. You know that, eh? I kind of yep. was setting you up to say the word sentences then. Yeah. Well, I t- wanted to say sandwiches, but you were talking too quickly, so I couldn't get my entry point in. Do you want to give another run? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where the world zigs, we zag, and we get along very well sometimes. We get along so well sometimes we that we finish, finish each, each other's, other's sandwiches. sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> A classic gag. <laughs> oh, boy, we're really making magic up here. That's an, old, vaude- that's an it. old vaudeville trick, that one. <laughs> you vaudevillian uh, coot? I'm trying to use old school language. Yeah, they, they used to call people coots. You old Go coot. that. I'll tell you this, everybody. Hey, look, my mum's looking at oh, me. Oh, well, that means we've got to end the podcast bit. Hey, mum. How Char- are you going? Charlotte Montgomery's in the house. I tell you, you've, you've missed a real fucking bomb in here. It's been a real challenge for us. But the good news is, everybody, that after this, there will be a stand-up comedy show. So for, for, oh, hold on. Go We're ahead. still in the podcast. Oh, Don't people are listening. People are listening our global audience of thousands with this uh, housekeeping business. Okay. Hey, to our global audience of thousands... Hey, let me rephrase for Guy. Hey, to you, who we're talking to, who we're doing this for, you listening with your headphones on or your Bluetooth speaker or in your car. Yeah. Hey. To you. Hey, I love you. Yeah, yeah. And also to you, this episode of the podcast is now over. We'll see you next week. See you later. Bye. Ow! This movie's still fine. There's a Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.